So I uh, had first time solo parenting for uh, for a, a full day uh, today. Anna's done it. She took her. She is, took, she, is she back? She's back to work. Yeah. Today was her first day back to work. No, I mean, so. is she, are you supposed to be watching the kid right now? Oh, no, no. She's, she's home. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, kids upstairs sleeping. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, upstairs sleeping, not at this bar that we are at. So, yeah. Um, this is a good bar, by the way. Yeah. Anyways. Dead uh, silent. Dead silent. Uh, we are the only ones here. But uh, it was uh, it was interesting. I was a little, I was a little uh, concerned about my ability. I mean, I I've hung out with my kid. I know how to take care of my kid, but it's right, right. You don't have. I don't have like you know his mom to, uh, you know, feed him from her breast if she if you know if he needs it. Like yeah, you've got to do it's, that. I, yeah, it's on me, and that that's <laughs> was a little a little daunting. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was like I I know I can do this. I'm a I'm a grown ass man. Right. I'm a, I'm a father. I can do this, but still, it's a little bit daunting. What was like your first experience like when you had to like, take care of your kids? You and you had two kids, so, like and twins. So that, yeah. that's a completely different experience than. Than me and like my one kid, and, and to be fair, also I should also point out like Anna took uh, Ragnar to Madison a couple weeks ago, or yeah, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. So she did like the solo parenting, although she had her her she parents had her family to, there, parents to help out. But, you like, were I, genuinely yeah, solo, genuinely too. by myself. Um, I took him, of course, I took him to the bar to watch soccer match earlier this that's, afternoon. Sounds about right, yeah. And that's what I'll do again tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it was one of those things. I was like, okay, this is like a rite of passage. Like I, I did it. I kid yeah. stayed alive. He was. <laughs> You know, he was sleeping when she got home. Like I literally, yeah. like I. You look like him, a pro. I put him into, I, you know, giving him naps a bunch of times. I actually fed him. I don't think he ate as much as he probably needed to because mm-hmm. he was a little uh, perturbed about it not being a nipple. You want to? No, you want to. You want to <laughs> so, keep him thin. You don't want to get yeah. him fat early. You <laughs> no, right. Keep him trim. So. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell. You, I, I don't know if this is the first time, but um, he's, he's certainly one of the first times that I did uh, a bit of solo parenting. There, I, I had just taken a day off. I just needed a day off of work, and I very rarely take like just a personal day for no reason, but. I did. They were probably about four months old. Okay, um, so about the same age as Regner. Well, right, and you know Julia stayed home for about three months, so it would have been about my first opportunity to do that, anyways. And um, I had just gotten a promotion not long ago, and um, a very very senior person at Wells Fargo was needing um, some report on Wells Fargo complaint data. I, did I say Wells Fargo? I meant a, a, a <laughs> national bank. And uh, Shells Margo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, they needed a very, and I was the only person who who understood it or, or knew how to do it, and so. So I was getting harassed at home this whole day off. I'm okay. trying to watch the kids, and as you know, my kids as babies were hard. They they <laughs> they did they didn't just take naps. They didn't, you know they were very hard. Yeah. And so I, I ended up having to come into the office with them. With I've t- got two two car seats with kids. <laughs> I'm two. I'm double fisting it, and uh, I basically had to plop them down on my desk at work and start to work on this reporting for an hour. And the people on the team were uh, were grabbing them and trying to feed them and rock them so they wouldn't like cry on the you know on the yeah. floor and stuff. There's other people trying to work, and it wasn't the way I imagined it. Yeah, but uh, they're also still here. Yeah, they're well. Yeah, luckily I just was at the bar and, and uh, had a beer with my kids, so that <laughs> sounds better. Yeah. yeah. Live from McGillicuddy's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. 
so we, we were just disguised. We should always have the record button on when we're yes. talking. Because so much, I, I think 90% of what we've said tonight that's been amazing to talk about has not been with one of these robots. Not recorded at all. Yeah, I know. Exactly. We're talking about getting, uh, I don't want to blow any surprises here, but we're talking about getting Chris Lidholm, who's a friend of the podcast, been on a couple of times, and the, the voice of Minnesota soccer for a long time, a couple yeah. of decades, getting him on here just to say some stock phrases. So yeah, we, we just have them ready to drop in just, like a radio yeah, show. Yeah, we want a soundboard, basically. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Chris, if you are if you're up for it, uh, you're willing to come in and record some record some stuff for us. We'd really appreciate it. So we'll come up with some copy for you to read, and don't ask any questions. Yeah, and do just, not pre-read it. <laughs> no, no. Just read them cold <laughs> and see what happens. Just like a witch witch ad. <laughs> well, he, he, I'm sure he didn't need to read the text on that. I'm sure he wasn't peering. What does this say again? Like he, he knows this shit. Yeah, that's gonna be on his fucking headstone someday. It is. Like, yes. You know? Oh, he's joked about it. Uh, that or uh, Ramirez, the Ramirez call. Ramirez. You walk past his, uh, I think he actually joked about that on the podcast. It's like anytime you walk past his tombstone, like it'll be like a like a trigger, like a like a sensor. Oh, yeah, a little laser. Go, Ramirez. <laughs> like, and you walk past his, uh, yeah. you walk past his tombstone, or which witch. So which witch. <laughs> <laughs> There's like which which has long since gone bankrupt. <laughs> and like, which which twelve Twin Cities locations? What the fuck? I just, I just came here to see my daughter. She was she died. She was only sixteen. Why am I being haunted this way? Oh yeah, no, it's uh, they're which witches are going away. Like there's, I think there's only a few left in the Twin Cities anymore. Which, which, yeah. which which ones? Yeah, which 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 witches? Which, which, yeah, which 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 witches are are? But, yeah, the away. witch, the witch witch. Yeah. That's what I said. Uh, first who's base. who's on first? first. <laughs> Sorry, all right, that was a fun little digression. Um, we should talk about some stuff, man. Yeah, we're gonna talk. We have a lot of talker to talk about. So yeah. uh, you were you were you missed a podcast because uh, I was insisting on recording a podcast. So we're gonna maybe I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of a runway to talk about if you want to talk about the LA Galaxy game and then we'll jump into the DC United and talk about Seattle. But um, if you want, if you like the content you hear each week, uh, you think you've learned a little bit more about Minnesota United, soccer in general, soccer in Minnesota, TIFO, all the other cool shit that we do, um, you want to continue to enjoy the high-quality content and audio we provide or we try to deliver on each podcast, uh, last week notwithstanding, uh, consider supporting our Patreon. Every every dollar helps. Helps pay our uh, Was it low quality? There was a couple times, so I was recording, so when I have to record, I have to use my wife's uh, MacBook, which and her MacBook is like 10 years old, and so it has like it has no charge whatsoever, right. so, it, the, it, so it like goes to sleep a lot of times, and so like all of a sudden it would be like, I would, it would go to sleep for like 10 seconds, I would you know, swipe the screen, I swipe the little, the mouse pad or whatever to open it up back up again, and it, it was clearly killed. like it had stopped recording. Okay. So were you able to glue it together? I don't listen to this podcast. By the way. I did as best I could. There okay. were a couple. There were a couple glitches where it clearly like it did not a bit of, go bit of, well and then, uh, as yeah. as well as I had hoped. Towards the end, it, it was like literally it's like the fifty fourth minute or something like that. So I got most of the podcast through without. It was only like a sixty one or sixty minute podcast. So there was just a couple times last week on on uh, the Thursday podcast that went up. So okay. Um, but yeah, we try to do we try to we try. do a good job. And when I it. edit this thing, it's like a fucking yes album. <laughs> it really is. So <laughs> yeah, you can go to patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. We actually had someone uh, uh, donate two sixty nine a month uh, start today. Excellent. So yeah, thanks folks. We we appreciate those uh, dollar amounts in sixty nine. Um, I think almost everyone thing is in sixty nine or six 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 or four twenty. So appreciate appreciate your guys's uh, uh, commitment to the bit. 
commitment to the bit <laughs> so um all right we me and luke uh craig talked about la uh on thursday do you want to talk about anything from la at the la game before we jump into what happened in, on sunday against dc united well so i'll say this really quickly because i think it transitions into dc united i don't, I don't want to talk about old hat too much but um the i i hope i have this reputation at this point that um while i would say i am on the heath out train now i think too much water has gone under too much bridge or where some of his performance is concerned i'm also diligent i hope about giving credit where it's due um toronto was a clusterfuck a lot of things went wrong there and although i think that heath has a long record of of deeming people uh unbenchable and some people unfieldable despite every other you know reason they should be on the field um he did the right things after that toronto clusterfuck he put boxall on the bench uh didn't even bring calvo now again in our most recent game uh i i think that uh he easily could have made his excuses and this and that uh, but he did the right thing and then when it was successful he stuck with it as a second consecutive game so that transitions into the most recent game at dc obviously another shutout um he he made the right call personnel calls as far as uh benching some of our biggest liabilities and he's he's stuck with it sure yes we yes we will give you see the skepticism in your eyes <laughs> listen i'm not trying to exonerate everything you ever did i'm just saying no, 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 the no. good I'm, and I'm, the bad all not, goes in I, the same and bucket I, and i'm and i'm not i'm not saying that you are i'm not implying that um obviously he he was he was uh he was forced to do what he did against la with, Cal- and then, with and then, Calvo, yeah, with Calvo, and yeah, and he Boxall was a choice. Boxall was a choice, and he was it was clearly the correct choice. Which yes. and to be to your point as well, like he has he has very much been uh, uh, completely Boxall in at all times, mm-hmm. and in spite of uh, some pretty egregious uh, mistakes and errors on Boxall's part. Mm-hmm. So I I'm with you there. And then I was I mean when Luke and I were chatting on Thursday, I was extremely skeptical that he would actually stick with his this perceived right. and and his this uh something that he said about i'm gonna you play yourself out of the lineup right. i assumed i just assumed and we talked that about was this bullshit we talked about this after the <laughs> toronto game that if Cavo sees the field and has the armband like we need to, we will need to storm the pitch and crucify adrian heath and i was prepared yeah. to storm the pitch and crucify adrian heath yeah. uh and he went even one step further and just completely left him out of the 18 yeah and we'll talk about a little bit about that. I've, I want to talk about the quotes. There's a couple of quotes from after both, well, the, the LA game, but most, more importantly, this most recent game. Um, now you're going to shit on my point because he needs to shut his mouth. Well, that's that goes without saying. Yeah, but, uh, but let's talk about let's talk. So yeah, this is a great transition to the uh, DC United game. Um, we break it down, uh, Dave's style. Uh, talk about our first, you know best moments of the game, worst moments of the game. What was your best moment of the game? Best moment of the game was uh, Miguel Ibarra's introduction. Uh, of course, you, yeah. And I'm sure you had something similar to that, I, I hope. I, it changed the nature of the game. I think that one of uh, Ibarra's big, uh, Miguel Ibarra's biggest strengths is that he... Um, I think he's a good facilitator, and I don't mean that meaning he dishes a bunch of assists and passes the ball. I think he makes the people around him better. Yeah. I think that he can cover a lot of ground, and that frees up other players to, to do certain things, get into spaces they otherwise wouldn't, uh, allows them to go wider or more narrow or whatever it is. Uh, obviously, because he can he can be mobile and he can play, as I always refer to it, as uh, sort of positionless. He's a yeah. nomad. You know, He allows for some um, man overload situations. Yeah, he creates chaos zones. Yeah. there. Yeah, and he Which, makes everybody better, and, and that's what this game needed. Honestly, is, as far as uh, – I don't want to blow it too far on Quintero. We'll talk about Quintero, but um, 
he was an antidote for something that Quintero was a problem with. <laughs> he he worked. Uh, we've talked. We've talked. Me and you have talked about this, and, and, and other other. You know, I think uh, Extra Time Radio has talked about this. That and, and other podcasts, Quintero and 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 uh, Rodriguez don't seem to work well together. But it not seemed like they, Abara and Rodriguez worked well together. They were they were you know complimenting each other. Um, you know, we, I'll talk a little. We can talk a little about Rodriguez in a little bit. I think he again had a, a fairly decent game. Um, doing. Doing the things that he uh, is he's able to do. If mm-hmm. if we if we're only expecting him to do things that he's able to do, we're not expecting him to do Ramirez things and and other things that he's not capable of doing. Then I think you know Rodriguez will be a perfect fit in what Adrian he's trying to do. It, presuming again that we surround him with the right people to complement what he's doing. I was gonna say, for me, the best moment of the game um, was in the so the first half. I mean DC kind of there was there's about the first ten minutes, like Minnesota United really had like a lot of control of the game. Mm-hmm. We, you know, had a couple shots. Um, I'll talk about a, one particular shot in the what the fuck part of the of the thing here, and then, um, but then after that, like DC kind of took over and they kind of controlled most of the first half. Mm-hmm. In the thirtieth minute, um, this is at, so after the uh, after the had the var uh, var goal was overturned, um, we conceded another free kick, a scramble at the top of the box. And Ozzy Alonso pulls an Ibsen where basically he's like sitting at the top of the 18, like on his ass and like whips his leg around to like kick a ball out to like clear yeah. the eight, clear the ball from the 18. Um, we go on a sort of a, like sort of a semi like sort of counterattack. Just seeing something like that. I, just, that, that was me rewatching the game this morning. That, that, if you would have asked me after the game on Sunday, whether that like what the best moment of the game was, I w- would have said the Rodriguez goal, or I think actually the technically the Metinier goal or something like that. But mm-hmm. rewatching the game, just seeing how much pressure we were under and how many like black shirts were there versus how many white shirts were there. There's no way that we should have cleared that ball. Uh, and there shouldn't have been a shot on goal. Cause there wasn't actually a, an official shot or, or a shot on target. There's a, right. there's a couple shots on goal, but we blocked them. You know, we just got people in the way, just were randomly in the way. And then Ozzy, you know, just cleared that ball. Um, and just seemingly like just you know, whipped his leg around mm-hmm. and sort of like a, you know, like a karate kick or something. <laughs> And it landed to it landed to a Minnesota United player who's able to like sort of at least take it up and, and relieve some of the pressure, which you know that's some kind of Ibsen shit that Ibsen used mm-hmm. to do. But like, you know, he actually did it well versus like Ibsen, which nine times out of ten it it reacted. It was total failure. But yeah, Ibsen Ibsen was always like uh, a guy who could play his play guitar behind his head, right? Like <laughs> like it's it's fun to watch, <laughs> and sometimes he's shredding. And sometimes, like he just kind of loses the fret, and then it's just garbage. You yeah, know? But, but you can't look away no matter no, what. No, absolutely not. Uh, and, and although I miss that fun, I will take winning. Like, <laughs> yes, ninety nine times out of hundred over that. So someone um, who clears up shit and doesn't take nah, yeah, ridiculous no, chances no for the most part. Kinda, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm glad Ozzy's there to do it. Yeah. What's your What's your worst moment of the game? This this wasn't This wasn't a slam dunk game. Yeah, no. There there there's a few points that that were not great in this game. Uh, I'm just gonna say that uh, basically that when you know. DQ going down. Uh, I believe it's Paul Ariola took to Paul Ariola took him down. He clearly got some sort of knock. Um, you know, played injured for the. That's around, this is again like right around that 30th minute. I think it was like 32nd or 33rd minute or whatever. Um, so clearly he was not playing at 100 percent after that. Um, it sounded like watching the broadcast. We didn't know this in the stadium, but watching mm-hmm. the broadcast, they say, "Oh yeah, he got a cortisone shot." Um, at halftime, and then literally like a minute later, he was getting subbed off for Miguel Ibarra, which sure. you know that was your best moment of the game when he came on and and tried to change the thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think clearly, this team is 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 better when Darwin Quintero is playing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, regardless of whether 
Rodriguez and, and Ibar and Quintero are playing well together. You know, Quintero scores a lot of goals and has a lot of assists for this team. So we of definitely course. want this guy healthy and, and it's not a sort of a uh, Harry Kane esque situation at Tottenham where like it seems like Tottenham plays better when Harry Kane is not playing on the team. <laughs> right. This is I think this is a team that plays better when Quintero is one of our best players on the team. So you know, seeing him limp off, um and he clearly had it he was having a really crappy game before that too. Like mm-hmm. it just he like he averaged like a t- uh, pass every five minutes or something like that, which is not acceptable for a guy who's supposed to be your playmaker. Um, and I think right. he was not set up to be to be. Pl- to, I don't. He was not set up in the way that the the team set up with the four three three to be in a position that was going to be beneficial to him. And I think that is that's on Adrian Heath. So yeah, I, uh, you don't. So you don't not play Quintero um, unless unless it's injury specific. You know. Uh, but I do agree that uh, in this lineup. It's it's not fit to his strengths, you know. You talked about he needs to be the playmaker. Honestly, that's not his skill set. He's he's a striker. He's more of a second striker. Yep. What his skills are running at dudes. He can take anybody on one on one and make them look like an ass hat. Yeah. Um. But if you put him in a, a situation where he has to work in a ton of tight spaces, not that he's terrible with the ball at his feet. He can he can put some moves on. He absolutely can. But if he's got two dudes on him and he's got his back to goal, he's not doing what he nope. does best, which is running at the goal, making direct yeah. runs, and putting other guys. You know, breaking ankles, and in, in, in truth, he's, he's similar stylistically to a lot of what um, Ibarra can do, yep. except that he's more of a put the ball in the net dude. Still. Yeah, he needs to be fielded as a second striker, not a playmaker. But the problem yeah. is then when you do that, holy cow, is there a huge hole in the attacking midfield for, uh, in about the zone fourteen? Which, uh, which is that's I mean that's I think the difference between uh, Quintero and Ibarra is that Quintero. They yeah have very similar like sort of offensive skill sets, but Ibarra has the defensive skill set and the speed right. and, the, and the desire to ground, get back yeah. and play defense when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Right, they want to do the same sort of things, which is why um, you could see, which I it, just rewatching the game, Contero mostly stayed on that sort of that uh, left hand side, mostly because like that's where he knew he that he could you know when he needed to do his defensive responsibilities. He needed to be over there. He couldn't compensate. He couldn't make a make a move to the sort of the center of the pitch, get a ball, and then if if something happened, turn over, like get back over to cover. Mm-hmm. Whereas Miguel Ibarra is like is confident in his abilities, uh, his speed, um, just general his general abilities to be like you know what if I if I, if I want to you know make, cut a make, make a run in here to the center of the pitch, um, try and distribute the ball, and if it gets turned over, I can get back. Yeah, and, and he's, I can, he's good at feeling out those moments exactly. Too, and I think Kitchell right maybe not. Is, he's not he's not he's never really. That's not the position they play. He's always played sort of as, as you said, that second striker, more sort of in that central, that central uh, of the of the pitch. So he's not really worried. He's not really having to worry about defense so much. And mm-hmm. and you know, it just seems weird. Like we've played a different offensive system, a different you know sort of offensive uh, lineup. Uh, every all the, these last three games, right? We had a Toronto where we looked really good offensively, you know, but and then but for. 10 minutes of defensive uh, chicanery, mm-hmm. we would have won that game. We played a really conservative system for the most part, the 4-2-3-1 against LA. We'd had no chances whatsoever. And we played this system where it was we had clearly a, geared toward a defensive performance. Yeah. Though, we, we had a few chances, but we only had maybe three, actually like three decent chances. Mm-hmm. Um, two of which were con- uh, created by Miguel Ibarra. Right. So it just, it's just, you know, the, the team and, and, and all that being said, I much rather this team figure it out defensively because yeah, we yeah. have the we have the tools on offense to to figure out how we can, you know, make 
the offense work, mm-hmm. but it was the defense that was always the thing that was killing us. So, yeah. what was your sorry? I, what was your worst, worst moment of the game? Well, I did, and I'll be brief about it. We've said a lot of stuff here. Collectively, I, I think the first half. I think I think when you're at home, I think that when you've got the talent we have, you're playing against a team who's had some match congestion. You know, we did too, but you know, uh, they've they've played two consecutive games on the road. Um, you need to control the ball better now and i think part of the problem is that i i don't think that our biggest skill is in possession in truth i i like name a person who is is strong in possession on our team i mean it's it's actually kind of hard to a gray goose you know uh in in truth we have a bunch of midfielders who are good at winning the ball back and then um distributing it quickly and the flip side of that that can be effective but the flip side of that is that you don't sit on the ball you don't actually have that possession number accrue you don't wear the other guys out you you, you're doing less of the sort of pulling them out of position you're nibbling at the edges you're doing all this kind of stuff uh no we we're built on speed and but that the flip side of that is you're gonna probably have more turnovers than the average team that doesn't play like that um and and you're going to be exposed when they happen and so um i i get nervous when i see that i'm not saying that we should become a possession team but i feel like we could be stronger on possession and a little bit more methodical than we were in that first half it was scary I, there's no reason in <laughs> my mind that we shouldn't have gone into the into the locker room zero zero yeah yeah, I'm, I would also point out every single fucking corner that we took because they were all goddamn terrible. Not good. Yeah. And uh, just listening to always Alec- been bad at it. Listening to Alexi Lawless just being like just flabbergasted at how shitty the corners were was uh, a little disheartening. And we have a we have a co- we have a question about that later. So we'll talk about that actually when we get guess, to, the, yeah. to the question. This but- whole podcast is just us talking about things we're going to talk about <laughs> later. Yeah. So what was your what what the fuck moment? WTF? Uh, yeah. Should so be ten, quiet here at the bar. I don't want yeah, your child so to ten, hear me saying that. Ten minutes, about ten, about the tenth minute, um, after we had put some pretty good pressure on DC United, uh, ball was played out to the right. Dunlady winds up to take a crack at it and just completely misses the fucking ball, like he completely whiffs on it. Yeah, like mi- like to- like misses the ball. Like if somebody had been in the stands with a slide like whistle, Charlie Brown, been, like Charlie Brown and, and Lucy and, and the yeah. in the football, like just complete, like just completely misses it. And, you know, he was set up. He was actually in a fairly decent position. Like, that guy, and it was a position where that he's he's taken some strikes before. Like, again, that, you know, that Montreal Impact game, his, his, oh, uh, sure. his first Coming year, where he just, yeah, just fucking nails it. Like, that's what he was trying yeah. to do. And he just totally whiffed on the ball. Which, and that was, so I re- was rewatching that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, there's a reason. Yeah. I don't, and I, yeah, it was just, I I'm, didn't realize it because, you know, sitting up, it was, that was on the opposite section from the Wonderwall. So you just you saw something happen and it was a flurry of things. It, yeah. Going yeah. back and rewatching the game and actually seeing like, oh, yeah, like he literally like he fucking wound up like he was like fucking Babe Ruth swinging a baseball bat <laughs> and just <laughs> went right through the ball and totally missed it. You know, I think every pitcher in major, this is what I'm going to compare to every pitcher in Major League Baseball, no matter how good they are, has had that one pitch and is on camera where the ball like slipped out of their hands, like mid wind up, you know, or right at the oh, yeah. mid release and the ball barely trickles off the mound you know yeah i, I mostly just feel bad for him when that ha- no it's it's not like dunlady literally whiffs on it like 30 percent of the time no. i mostly just feel bad about it it's yeah it. that's um, it's just it just seems like it seemed like an app metaphor for like his development it's just been like he's got one big wind he's up. got yeah one big wind up he's got like he clearly you can tell he's got a lot of power and mm-hmm. he just completely fucked it up so <laughs> 
don't know what was how, what was your most motherfucking like, moment? The, the most obvious moment, the disallowed goal. Yeah. Um. I. I Which think, one? The disallowed goal for DC or yeah, the, for D, for DC? The fact that we didn't get VAR calls for both Miguel Ibarra getting slapped in the face no, and and I, or the handball that DC should have had. Well, the the handball happened, but I, I I'm not the kind of person to over litigate those. Ca- you know, it's in the it's in the run of play. It's not in the box. There's a handball. And the the handball doesn't... was in the box. Was it? Yeah, it was in the box. Okay, well, it was at happen. the top of the box. But I, either way, honestly, I, I don't, I don't get it. it. It shit happens. Yeah. Okay. The flip side of it, I think, is worse than missing a couple of calls. But um, I feel like that was like I feel like that was kind of like, I, not that referees do makeup calls, but I feel like that was kind of a makeup call for not like actually like looking at that one. So, well, anyways, I, I won't even get into that. But I, I will say with the disallowed the 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 goal that DC scored and then was disallowed. Um, I think disallowing it was actually pretty harsh but ultimately the defender has to know what's up there like he puts himself in a position to get that thing pulled back yeah so um it doesn't really matter whether it was harsh or not he gave the referee every reason and opportunity to pull it back so that same defender um uh brilliant was the one who actually got the who should have had the handball as well as a matter of fact so well, what a piece of <laughs> shit i know you're he's, I, he's a stud though yeah he's very good but, I, uh, I, I i agree with you i, I mean i think it was it was I was talking with some friends, uh, some people at uh, Blackheart today, watching the Champions League uh, semifinal, and someone asked me about that. I was like, it was soft, mm-hmm. but I think it was technically correct. Like mm-hmm. he definitely had his like had his hand on his arm, mm-hmm. so Manone could not get up as much as he as he wanted to. Um, now Chris Pine was like a foot above where Manone was and, and right. maybe Manone gets a fingertip to it and maybe deflects it up mm-hmm. and over. But I, you know, letter of the law, hardly, that, letter of the law, it was correct. Now, spirit would, of would the he, law, would he have like, gotten to it? Like, would he have actually stopped it from, you know, from going in? I, I sincerely doubt it. So I, you know, it makes sense. It's, it's a stupid argument to say that a referee is not within their right to call a call by the letter of the law. Yeah. That's a, I mean, you, you can say it was soft. You can argue. You can say you didn't like it. You can say you would have done differently, and you'd sure. be within your right to believe that. Yeah. But it's a stupid thing to say, he shouldn't have called it according to the laws of the game. Yeah. I think that's a dumb fucking place to go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Considering especially, like... By yeah, by every definition of like yes, like you can't you can't impede. A, everybody has the right to go up for it, and if you were both going up for it and you clattered, that's one thing. But he clearly mm-hmm. was holding. He had his arm had on. His hand on top he had of his hand yeah. on Manone's shoulder. That is that is basically you you're expect? putting yourself yeah. in that position where you're yeah. not going to be able to to deal with it. So, anyways, yeah. okay. Who's your next Freddie Adu re- recipient for the star of the game? Um, you know, it's hard not to give it to Metnier. Pretty much everyone else did. He had a. Now, to be fair, he, he had a uh, he had a, a, a not great first half. He had a really great second half. Um, he was the guy who scored the goal. I don't care what Rodriguez says. Uh, Rodriguez did not actually touch that ball at all. I don't think but, Rodriguez said that. He yes, really, he did. What, did he really come oh, out? Yeah, he, oh yeah, he I came totally out and said, did. He said, uh, "Well, it's, you know, I'm going to say it because I'm a I'm a striker." But I definitely feel like I put a I got some like you watched you watched the ball like he just <laughs> he, he's, he wrong footed. I mean, to be, Rodriguez gets credit. For the goal because he wrong-footed Bill Hamid and thought and Bill Hamid mm-hmm. thought he was going to put his something on mm-hmm. it. Um, so Mitt technically gets, I think, in my estimation, I think actually they've, they've actually given him the goal. Either way, he had a he had a not a great first half. So you know you could say, 
but he had a really good second half, I thought. Um, I actually thought Minone played really well. Uh, he directed his wall mm-hmm. really well. Sure. Um, he clearly had sort of like scouted Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney had scored a, a free kick goal um, near the top of the box against Columbus midweek. Yeah. Uh, and he had three different opportunities around sort of the top of the box. Um, Minona had his wall set up well. He had scouted. I think he had definitely had scouted Wayne Rooney. He, would, he had everything covered. He made an amazing save right before the uh, disallowed goal. Mm-hmm. Um, a, just a diving save to his left right in front of the wonder wall. And then mostly, if nothing else, because uh, there, was a, there was a free kick. Again, I think it was in like the, like the 40th minute. Um, it was uh, sort of on the, the west side, sort of top of the 18. Uh, I think Wayne Rooney was over it. And there's like three guys in the wall, and then Abu Dunlady was kind of just like sort of like wandering around, and like Minone just yelling Abu, 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 just yelling at Abu to like get set, like get situated. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, like just I think the guy had a, and like I think the guy had a really good game, and, and he has had two. I mean, he hasn't had to make a ton of saves, but I also think that is partially because he's actually he has he's figuring out how to work with the the people in front of him the yeah. defenders how to set the defenders up uh he's doing it's a always lot a of period of adjustment really good communication yeah clearly you know he has some sort of chemistry with uh, opara and Coleman. um and so yeah i mean i, I would say I'm, i would give it to the other person i would make an argument for would be miguel abara he came in and completely changed the pace of play so yeah i uh first of all um hold on song song here we go Come with me, join the wall, please, Abu Dunladi. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, my, my brain works in potential chance. That's, that's fair. How, yeah, that's no, all that's I fair. Can do. Um, <laughs> that was the dumbest thing that's ever happened. Um, I, I gave it to Miggy. Uh, he, changed, yeah. he changed the complexion of the game. That was that's it. I mean, a, absolutely. Metanir had half a game, and he's wonderful. Nobody wants to put his big Malagasy dick in Nobody their puts mouth more than me. In the corner. But uh, Miguel changed the entire game. So yeah. It's got to be Miguel. Who is your Freddie Adu recipient for the worst play? Probably deserved to be sodomized with a roaring hot fire poker. <laughs> Did you uh, know that that's how King, uh, what was it, King, not uh, shit, uh, King um, Richard II died? Sodomized by a hot poker? Yeah, because they suspected probably accurately that he was a, uh, what do you call him, a homosexual. A sodomite? Uh, yeah, yeah, a sodomite. Okay. And uh, having suspected that, they, they killed their king by sodomizing him with a or a red hot fire poker. This mm. is a real historical. Thing. That's yeah. That's fucked what do you think up, about that? That's fucked up. I yeah. don't agree with that. You don't agree with that? No. No. It, it's it happened. It's not a matter. I mean, it's not, a, it's I'm a matter not, of historical. Facts, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying I don't agree with doing that as a way to you know execute people. You, you would have had this him executed some other way yeah, because chop, he was chop gay. Off his head. Just because he was gay. Well, no. Because you want no. you want an English <laughs> king to be murdered, but just in a slightly <laughs> different way. For being homosexual, is yeah. that what I'm to understand, David? Yes, that is what you. That is what you are. Who is your Freddie Adu <laughs> recipient for uh, worst player of the game? Uh, Abu Denladi. Talk about Abu Denladi. Um, this is the second game in a row where he's been not great. Uh, he is super tentative. Um, he has terrible touches. Uh, That's he, my biggest thing with him. Yeah, he's he, got a lead foot. He's got yeah terrible touches. Uh, this game, he clearly was. He was way more tentative than the last game. I mean, Abu Ladi is a player of if he's playing well and playing in like the correct position. I want that guy. I want that guy. I want that guy doing the thing he did at the ten minute mark, where he just he fucking winds up and takes a shot. Right. right, right. That's about the only time I think where he actually like tried to take a shot in the mm-hmm. in the entire game. Uh, most of the time, he was he was looking off. He was looking for like that second thing on the pass or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
I don't know. It, it seems like maybe someone got into his head after the game against LA, where he had a lot of those, mm-hmm. where he had some also some really terrible touches, and then it's just like he was just like winding up taking shots because you know he's not going to hit it all the time and, and not going to hit it a lot of the time, but he's going to hit a lot more than say Alexi Gomez. And when you know when that guy's on fire, I think he could be a really dangerous striker for us. And I definitely Alexi Lawless. Oh yeah, no, you no, said no. that, and I was like, why the fuck is he no, talking Alexi about Gomez. Alexi Lawless? Okay, no. keep going. Um. And he definitely is a different change of pace sort of striker than uh, uh, Angel Rodriguez, which oh, I think God, we, yeah. we need, um, especially it seems like Rabario Barra is not getting any playing time anymore. We need a we need someone who can who can slide, slide in for Rodriguez and sort of change change up how we look and how we play. Yeah. Um, so I, re- I mean, I'm giving it to him just mostly because he, he was he looked really bad. I, I want him to be a lot better. So that was, you know, for me, shittiest player of the game. And to be fair. Shitty's player is, in this game was just like he was just he was like eh, just kind of meh like he he's, wasn't so bad that he visible potentially he cost us moments. the game you know yeah um which is which is which is a wonderful place for us to be yeah we of course spent a lot 100%, of time there. yeah um I I so uh yeah Dunlady did not have a great game but I, I have a lot more um upside on Dunlady personally and I think he could actually be a really good winger but I also think that he's not being asked to play the kind of um style that would suit him again. You can't have his his touch can't be a, a matter that you have to rely upon. He can get sure, on, he yeah. can get on the end of a ball. He can take a daring shot if he's uh, if he's coming in from the wings, you know. But uh, when you've got Romario Ibarra on the uh, on the wings, but sitting on the bench, when you've got Ethan Finley who had a really good vibe going with um, Metanier on the right side it becomes harder to justify starting Dunlop. Yeah. And again, I, I, I have a lot more positive. Kevin Molino. And so you, so you could slide a bar over to the right. Like, yeah. you, you know, a bar is playing on the left. He, you know, for most of his, his success so far in the last like year and a half has been on the right hand side. If you, you know, I mean, obviously we've talked about him as he, he kind of like ro- roams all over, but like when, mm-hmm. like the, when he's had a lot of really good success, he's been starting on the right hand side. So, yeah. So I, I, I don't hate Dunlady. He didn't have a great game this time, but it's also increasingly getting hard. I thought he had a really good game the game before that against LA. I thought he actually looked good. Obviously we didn't score any goals, um, but um, I thought he did some of the kinds of things I would expect him to do um, a lot better. But when you've got these guys on the bench, it's tough to, uh, it's tough to continue to make the case. Uh, but that's, I spent all that time talking about a guy I didn't give it to the person I gave it to. And um, I'll show you how to unsubscribe to podcasts after this if you'd like, uh, is uh, Darwin Quintero. Uh, and you know what? Maybe that's not his fault. Uh, he's playing partially injured. We know that. Um, I, I also think that, and I don't want to get into it too much because I think we talked about it already. They, they, they're playing him in a way that doesn't suit his style. I think, he, I think he works better when he's running at dudes. I think he's works better when he's trying to score goals and not provide assists, although he's given a ton of assists. Um, I don't. I, I'm not a soccer coach, you know. I I love to, we all love to throw Heath under the bus. But um, uh, if he's running, if he's running high as a second striker, then what on earth is happening behind him is the big question. Because you know the the defensive panic in me watching us give up 70 and 71, and then were we going to give up 72 <laughs> goals this year? Doesn't want me to have Grey Goose pushing up super high. Doesn't want me to have Alonso pushing up super high to fill in that zone 14 space. Um, I, I think you have to do it with a, a more positionless roaming type uh, winger like Romario Ibarra or Miguel Ibarra um, to fill in that space. But yeah, get this dude running in toward the goal. Get him a little bit in the box. In fact, that might be a better uh, way for him to actually work with um, Angelo Rodriguez. Rodriguez has looked better when he's playing up higher. Yep. He's still doing hold up play. He's still 
is his finishing is finicky. Um, but if he's playing up high and he's got someone nearby, he doesn't have to make it. He doesn't have to make a clinical pass. He doesn't have to do anything tricky. He's got support. He's got it close by, and there can be quick interchange there. Yeah. Um, but the big question is, how do you fill in the the space in the central midfield behind? Yeah. The pro- the problem is they have they've tried to play that in that four two three one. Um, the problem has been that like the games where it's not working, Rodriguez gets sucked further and further up closer to the midfield. Yeah. And so Quintero starting further and further away from the goal. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, and I don't think we found, I don't think we found, you know, obviously we had Finley and Mettner were working really great mm-hmm. together. And then uh, the last three games, two games, Heath was like, "Fuck that!" Like I'm putting Dan Lottie out there, and Molino's yeah. fit now. And Molino is one of his one of his guys. We're talking about, you know, we talked about that earlier yeah. earlier. Yeah. Uh, so Molino, you know, had to find the, the pitch against LA, and it's like, well, and you know, I know Miguel is coming back from injury, and he's not, you know, probably he's probably not 100 percent quite yet. Right. But and he's he's a hell of a super sub. Yeah. If it's yeah, if it's not, you know, it, I honestly I feel like our our sort of best uh, sort of attacking front just based on you know, what we've seen this year with players who have played this year is, is Miguel Quintero Finlay across the, you know, across the, the center, the middle field mm-hmm. um, with Grey Goose and Alonzo or, you know, Grey Goose and Schuler if Alonzo is, uh, is out or whatever, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Rodriguez up top, that gives you the opportunity to do everything that we're, that we've just been talking about. But I, I don't think we've seen, you know, outside of the, like since like the third game of the year, we haven't seen that, that, that no. setup. So um, David three five two, okay, three five two. <laughs> Miller is a wing back on the left. Metanier is a, the wing back. We're talking about the midfielders, right? Uh, on the right, sure. The obvious three guys playing um, in defense at this point. Common Opara Boxall is that who you got? Boxall. Oh yeah, I fucking messed my yeah, fucking you, math yeah, you up. fucked that one no, up. No, hold on, hold on, back up, back up. Okay, <laughs> shut up. Okay, Miller, left center. Uh, Opara right in the middle, Coleman on the right side in the defense. Okay, and then you've got Schuler out wide on that. No, no, shoot. fuck, I fucking <laughs> look. I don't have any opinions about soccer. All right, let's, let's 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 keep moving. I was just trying to cook something up. We're gonna talk. Well, we figure you can think about it for a little bit. We're what happens when we try to improvise. Yeah, God we're gonna talk about it. talk about Seattle. Uh, but first, we're gonna talk about some other United Do news. It. Uh, just a couple of, uh, team notes. Um, uh, so this is the first time that we've ever had two successive shutouts in a row like in, two in, our MLS in, a row history. in MLS history and if we probably didn't have too many of those happening in NASL either no. um Miss United has 10 shutouts in 75 MLS games that's not great <sighs> that is not good uh so Romain Metnir made team of the week as a right back uh deserve it people are starting to realize that that guy's really fucking good and you know potentially could be in the uh, con- you know in the conversation for uh, MLS Defender of the Year, honestly. Just look good. And then, a, uh, I, I, by the way, Metanier, and I know that he's listening. I mentioned earlier on this podcast <laughs> that I would suck directly on his genitals, and yeah. uh, I would. Yes, I'm sure he's listening. He barely speaks any English. I'm sure he's listening to our English-based podcast. A uh, couple other things. The, so the team has 14 points in nine matches, which weirdly is only two better than last year. <laughs> At this point, nine <laughs> matches. Don't... So, but here's the don't you feel like there's so much more upside to be had right that's, now? That's the, so that's the thing. And if you look at it, like, and we're and we're in sixth place in um in the Western Conference right now, but that's weird because like the Western Conference is really fucking good this mm-hmm. year. Uh, LAFC has 23 points, 
The Galaxy has 22 points. Seattle Sounders, 18 points. FC Dallas, 17 mm-hmm. points. Houston, All four of those teams would be in first place in the Eastern Conference right now. We That's would be wild, in third yeah. place in the Eastern Conference That's right crazy. now based on point totals. So, which means to say, you know, after sort of probably, you know, three or four years of the Eastern Conference being really good and the Western Conference being kind of shit, it's maybe it swung back over to the Western Conference. But we are currently in sixth place. We are in a, a playoff position. Um, we have a couple of good teams behind us, but we have a. You know, the Houston Dynamo are streaky um, at best. Dallas has not been doing great. We have Seattle Sounders coming up who have uh, not been super awesome recently. So, And then uh, I want to talk about the Heath quotes. Uh, there's a couple. And I kind of just want to get your thoughts on this. We, You didn't hear the – or you, we weren't here to talk about the clean sheet comments from after the LA Galaxy game where he basically said, uh, you know, it's the – media's fault for talking about how shitty my defense is. Um, he more or less had the sort of the same similar comment, basically saying really glad that we had a clean sheet. So you guys don't have to talk about, you know, our defense. Um, and he said it in, I think the Reuter quote was like half jokingly, which I don't, I just, I just, it, 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 it stuns me how much of an ass this guy is cons- consistently how much of an ass he is oh totally yeah and <clears throat> just to keep to keep bringing it up like you don't he doesn't have to bring that up like you mm-hmm. can not just not say anything because i if you keep two clean sheets the question that i would imagine would be coming from the reporters would be like hey great job keeping the second clean sheet mm-hmm. what are you doing going forward not like hey how are we gonna you know like just not it, he digs his own grave yeah and they're not I, from my understanding from people that i know like these these questions are not like condescending asshole questions. They're just like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do to make this your defense ha- better? Yeah, this is what's happening. <laughs> what are they supposed to talk about? Yeah. We have legendarily poor defense. He's like, well, I'm getting sick of hearing about it, and I'm sick of hearing you write about it. What the fuck are they supposed to talk about? Yeah. That's the story. Yeah. Your terrible defense is the story. I feel like I sound like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> what's the deal with this defense? Come on. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's the... Uh, it just, it, it just, he keeps, he keeps, yeah, digging, like, digging his own grave is a really good way to say it. I just, and just, you know, uh, you could just say, "What a great game by the boys." That's that was the whole point that people were bringing it's up. It's like he kept, he kept, he kept hitting it and remarking on it. It's like, why don't you just talk about the really good things that just happened? How you, you just, you kept two of the most iconic soccer players of the, of the 20th century to basically nothing. Like yeah. two shots on three shots, uh, sorry, four shots on goal total, <laughs> one on target between the two between Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Wayne Rooney, two of the most prolific strikers, uh, in the historically, last, yeah, yeah, in the last fifty years mm-hmm. of of you know European soccer, yeah. you kept him to four shots, yeah. one on target. Yep. Like talk about that. Talk about how yeah. you know Kamal and Apar work together. And the media is excited to talk about. Yeah. It. The media isn't sitting here being like, well, I guess I can't make fun of you this time. That's never been it. And that's we're and, excited about. Yeah, it. and and the and the thing about you know think about what he, how he talks and quotes and 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 responds to these things versus how Miguel Abara talks about it, how Icapara talks about it, how Brent Coleman like how just positive they are about it, how they're, yeah. they're talking up their teammates, they're talking about mm-hmm. how it's how, how they're gelling really well, how they're all getting, you know, they all are on the same page and all that. And then you have the fucking head coach who's just being like rah 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 fuck you media. Yeah. Um and then I I also want to talk about quickly um the Calvo quote about so I you know obviously he was asked why Francisco Calvo was not even in the 18, let alone starting, let alone having the the arm man. Right. And basically, you know, Calvo or Heath implied that uh, he didn't want the negativity of 
Francisco Cobble not starting in the locker room. So he didn't want him in the locker rooms, which is why he didn't put him in the 18, which what says, about the negativity of him starting? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but, but above and beyond that, the fact that your captain, like you're the self-appointed guy, the, the, the hill that you've chosen to die on, you don't believe that that person can be a productive member of your team. Right. He can be in a distraction. The 18, that, yeah. Then, that, like, cause then he, if he comes back, which is fine, you cannot put the band back. Cause on theoretically, him. cause I mean, I mean, we're Liverpool fans, right? Like Jordan Henderson doesn't start every single Liverpool game. Right. He's in the 18. When he comes in, he takes the armband from James Milner or Virgil van Dijk or whoever has mm-hmm. the, 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 the armband. Because that's the kind of guy you want in your squad. Exactly. Even that's, when his boots are not between the chalk. Yeah. You, that's the kind of captain that you want on your team. That whether or not he's starting, you know, you, you have a vice captain. That's why you have a vice captain. You have, But that captain is going to be there. He's going to be motivating your team. He's going to be a, a, a positive presence. If your reasoning for not even having him in the 18 is that you think it's going to be negative. Emotionally negative distraction. Yeah. That is that is a damning that's a damning sentence sentence and that's a that is truly damning as far as i'm concerned and i mean i, I guess the question is and, and we have questions about cavo like i mean d- does that guy does he make the 18 again before we sell him because i mean i know he probably needs to play in order to get you know called up by costa rica though i'm not 100 percent sure that he actually needs to because costa rica likes him and he actually plays pretty well with costa rica do they care if he's playing for minnesota united does the the Costa Rican Federation care about that sort of shit the same way that minute that the U.S. Federation well, the f- cares about that. The shit. fact that the fact that Costa Rica continues to give him call ups suggests that I don't think they get television or anything down there. <laughs> like they haven't seen oh the seventy goals, seventy one goals, your performances. They haven't seen any of those yeah. things. Well, he's, he plays he plays a different role down there though. He's not he's not well. He he's have to he's shifted more toward that kind of role with yeah. Minnesota and still been alive. Well, yeah, but so. he's but. He has he has more defensive responsibilities in Minnesota than he does on the Costa Rican national team. But anyways, I just thought that was I thought that was an interesting quote. Just basically that you are admitting that the person who is the captain of your team is a is a is a cancer. <laughs> like literally, if like they're not playing, they are a cancer to your team in the locker room, which I think is a pretty damning uh, uh, pretty damning statement about you as a coach and the front office and the recruitment of players. I don't know. That's maybe that's maybe I'm just reading into it too much uh no so to be clear here i and i'm not trying to get overly personal here um my grandma um on my dad's side had locker room cancer okay and uh sorry i didn't mean to laugh i feel i feel like you're kind of making light of that yeah no i'm sorry it's uh it's it's a it's a terrible disease no we had to really it it kills the like 99 percent of the time calvinism they call it All right, uh, moving along. <laughs> We've got some other stuff to talk about. Uh, so it's Ford Madtown Brodown. So Madison uh, drew 0-0 in front of a sold-out snowpener in Madison, Wisconsin last weekend. It's the only way to start it up yeah, in these parts. you got to do it. you got to have the snowpener. They actually delayed the game by 30 minutes. Um, almost 5,000 people in Madison. I'm really excited. My, so my in-laws live down there. I'm happy. Looking forward to getting down to a game. I think I think what my wife and I and Ragnar are going to try and go down to the, the friendly scrimmage between Minnesota and, and Madison uh, in June, I believe. So... Um, for the loons that were down there, uh, Carter Manley and Mason Toy both started. Both went 90 minutes. Uh, from what I the um, game recaps I read, Carter Manley looked decent going forward. He's a uh, he's that metonier sort of uh, um, stand-in, 
And I think he's going to probably – Carter Bandy, I would imagine, will get some minutes up here with Minnesota when uh, uh, Metonier goes on uh, – goes out for uh, the African Cup of Nations uh, in, like, same time that – like, that Calvo and the Gold Cup people will be out. <clears throat> so I imagine Carter Manley, White Olmsburg will, will, you know, get some time back up here in Minnesota. And if, you know, sounds like he's doing what Metnir is doing up here down there. So hopefully he gets us some, some time. Uh, Mason Toy went 90 minutes. Uh, apparently kind of played like crap. But again, it was also uh, a lot weird of... game. It was a weird game. Yeah. It was snow. There was not really a good opportunity for, you know, any much too much of an attacking sort of thing. So... Um, so yeah, so that's the forward Madtown Brodown. They have another game coming up this weekend. I don't know who they're playing and where, but yeah, good luck on good luck to the uh, to the Mingos. Gotta love those boys. Yeah, I got uh, I got a, Did I tell you I got a I got a one of the for the Madison Mingos to put in my lawn, but they sent me just the body. They didn't send me the actual like legs to stick into my girl. Put in your, Oh, Oh, yeah. you mean, um, like a flamingo. That's oh, like, like a flamingo. In my yeah. I thought you fucking meant when you said put in your lawn, I thought like you got like your lawn sodded. I thought they had like a fucking second job as like a landscaper. <laughs> and I was like, you had grass. <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> what, what a shitty. Yeah. Thing to, yeah. No, 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 no. I had, I, they, I, I wanted, I ordered one of the mingos and you know, the, the flamingos yeah, the, and they yeah. didn't, uh, yeah, I think they the, the I don't know at some point the legs fall out, fell out, so I have to figure out how I'm gonna get that thing stuck into my my lawn again. So, anyways, take it in the wood shop. Yeah. Hey, hey, we got a soccer match coming yeah, up do. here, big one. I'm going to this one. Are you? You That's... know how sometimes I occasionally go to games. What a shitty fan I am. Yeah, I know. I'm, li- I'm like I'm like a very a, a comparatively famous fan. You know, it's it's, <laughs> a, it's a it's I'm a big I'm a medium sized fish in a small pond. Yeah. And it's weird that everyone's like, yeah, David. And I'm like, I don't fucking go to any games. Barely watch them at home. Yeah. I'm just, well, I'm just, I'm just saying all the shit I read uh, Alex Schieferdecker right here. It's <laughs> a, I didn't even, uh, I haven't watched a game in weeks. Uh, well, so you're going to go to this game. What are your, uh, this is the Seattle Sounders. I should Sounders. have an opinion about yeah, it. Yeah, on, they're coming up on, uh, on Saturday the 4th. Yeah. Seattle Sounders. Uh, we started off with talking about who's good. Uh, who is good. On the Seattle Sounders. Yeah, well, let me roll out this carpet for you. First of all, this team is very, very good, um, but also a bit more all over the place than you'd expect. Yeah. Um, they needed a rally to come from behind against San Jose, which I don't even know if San Jose is good or terrible. Sa- they, San Jose, they could make the playoffs and they could win the they could win the wooden spoon, and I would be surprised by neither there, of those outcomes at this point. There's that's a whole other thing with San Jose. We you know we we obviously we, we caught San Jose early. They've started to figure their shit out. They coinciding with Florian Youngworth actually playing again Imagine for that, them. Yeah. And then uh, their crazy weird man marking uh, scheme that no one has ever seen. Um, so, yes. So, so anyway, and they, and they got the shit, well, they got the, they got the shit kicked out of them by LAFC a couple weeks, like a little, like a week and a half ago. Seattle you're talking about yeah that, that's what I'm talking about so, so they yeah. come from behind a draw against San Jose they drew the best team in the league most recently LAFC despite being down to 10 men for most of the game yeah, and then like eventually 70, nine men 72 so minutes, yeah, yeah. They, I mean they still drew LAFC but then a week before that they lost LAFC four to one at full yeah. strength so I I don't know what's going on right yeah. now we might be catching them at a good time they're, so they're who, frenetic who's uh who's good then yeah. well let me give you the let me bury more leads here 
Christian Roldan is really good, but he's out, out. after a controversial red card. Yep. Raul Rui Diaz uh, was uh, one of their top scorers, actually. Uh, he may still be out. Yep. Chad Marshall injured, probably. Probably out, yep. Probably we'll still see Kim Kihi. Um, ho- song. Song. You know how I process life yeah. in songs, right? He's cute, but I think he's married to Kim Kihi. <laughs> It's a fucking Eminem kind of say. You remember <laughs> back in the Don't. 1990s? The, okay. I was not an Eminem fan. Sorry. Well, God damn it. Yeah, All right. sorry. Kim Kihi. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> Kim Kihi is good. Yeah. Probably get probably get the center back. But Chad Marshall will probably not. Yeah. Um, Kelvin Leardham, uh, he's, he's out. He's out. I, 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 he's not. I threw, he's him, also, yeah, I, I threw him in with the who's good. That's kind yeah. of generous. But yeah, uh, I threw him into who sucks. I th- <laughs> also hit through rolled on in there because going. they're both out right now. Like well, that, they, that's they, the they can't help. They they can only suck. I mostly so. wanted to keep my narrative going here. Sure. And then Will Bruin. Okay, Will Bruin isn't great, but he's injured too, and, and I didn't yeah. want to ruin my. So they've got a lot of injuries and outages right now. Yeah. So who's good? A lot of the guys that are not going to be there. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I, w- I would still uh, Brad Smith uh, still like weirdly has good games. <laughs> Um, he, uh, he made team of the week. He was directly contributed to the, yeah, to the goal. Uh, Stefan Fry is, I still think probably one of the best keepers in the league. Um, him and Tim Olia, I think go back and forth. Uh, Jordan Morris looks like the surfer you buy mushrooms from. Uh, so. I'll talk about Jordan Morris here in a minute, but yes, he's, sure. he's, 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 I've th- he's good. thrown him in the good list. Yes, he is. He's to, I, to be fair. He is overhyped and he is, uh, he's overrated. But he's good. Like when the guy's playing and playing well, like he is right now, he's good. Um, I, you know, I we used to put Ozzy Alonso in this category, but we have he's on our team now, so <laughs> yeah, take that, uh, Seattle. So that's extra motivation for uh, Minnesota. Um, that's I mean, we haven't even talked about Nico Ladero. Nico Ladero yeah. uh, came in in 2017 and was one of those guys that you know how Seattle starts off piss poor like breaking records of how poor they're gonna do before they save it all you know mm-hmm. um in 2017 he was that guy who came in mid-season as a dp signing and turned it all around for them they've been you know other than starting slow they've been good ever since um gotta watch out for nico ladero he's a true number 10 he's really scary yes. and we haven't mentioned uh roman torres i was gonna uh, mention roman torres weird yeah, calvo-esque left center back um and he's the kind of left center back who might pop up in the box yeah in the attacking 100%. box occasionally so yeah 100%. E- even even though he's like 920 pounds and yeah uh, he's built <laughs> he's, like a brick he's, shit he house. Is, yeah. he's a he's a, a uh a stout man let's put it that stout. way he's like benjamin my son you he's know very stout yes yeah he's just he's just he's just even he just, for a five-year-old he's built like a brick shit house <laughs> yeah he's not fat he's just dense <laughs> yeah, there's a density to him yes <laughs> okay anyways it's 100 who uh uh, let me jump in here because I'm gonna sure. ch- I'm gonna go into who sucks. Okay? okay, who sucks? I started with Jordan Morris and I put Jordan Morris in the who is who does not suck list, yes. but I also put him in the who sucks list. And the reason is this: with all the outages that they have, they will probably find themselves playing Jordan Morris as a striker, which they did against LAFC. Yeah, as a lone striker, which is not where he. That's not where no. his strength is. His that's speed, fair. his strength is running onto balls. Which he can the guy do is that fast. On the, wing. the guy looks like a fucking. Uh, he looks like a. Like a, a, a Stoner surfer, like he doesn't yeah. look like he can run that fast. My, my, th- yeah. Do you know why he doesn't look like he can run that fast? He's got a big fucking head. He's got a fat face. Yeah, that's the, like. Here's the thing, and this is a scientifically proven fact uh, by phrenologists. Um, dudes who have a fat fucking face don't look fast. <laughs> they just don't. They they look like they, they look like they should be laying down. <laughs> yeah. And somehow he's got a big fat fucking face. His eyes aren't all right. You know, his, yeah. they're not the right space apart. You know. No. I don't like the cut of his jib. No. That's my big thing. Yeah. But he's fast. He's and really the, fast. I didn't come here to make fun of how he looks. 
he clearly is doing better than me in a lot of aspects. I'm sure he's fucking the hottest models. But he's going to be fucking even hotter models if he plays on the wing where he can run onto balls and make use of that speed and yeah, stuff like that's that. Fair. Rather that's fair. than just 100%. turning his big fat face toward the goalkeeper in the yeah. box. Yeah. Anyway. That's fair. Uh, who else sucks? I'm going to say Kim Kee I haven't seen a ton of him yet, but um, but he, he's no Chad Marshall. And, uh, that's true. Um, and he, he's redolent of an Eminem lyric. Uh, I, I think that Seattle's left side is total basura right now. Uh, I'm not impressed by Hanwala Buana, and he's probably going to see time with all the outages. Brad Smith, uh, he's a toss of the dice at best, in a comparative weak spot, I would say. Um, I think it could be a great day to build up our right side. Hey, there imagine, you go. Fucking imagine that. Uh, Finley and Metonier. That would be uh, sexy. <sighs> yeah, jizz in my pants the entire game. Oh, God. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, echo pretty much all that. Uh, just looking at the injury list for, as of uh, this today, for Seattle, Victor Rodriguez out, Gustav Svensson out, Will Bruin, Raul Rula Diaz, uh, Chad Marshall, Nuhu, uh, all questionable, more than likely probably out. Um, we're going to see uh, probably minute, significant minutes from one of and maybe multiples of Jordi Delem, Alex Roldan, Saad Abdul Salam, Henry Wingo. Who are those people? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, we're, ca- Leva, we're catching this team at the right time. Danny Leva might be making his MLS debut. Now, you know, th- these are young kids mm-hmm. uh, who are Could playing. Could be great one day. Who are, yeah, one day will be great. But And we're going to. But you remember what happened, a couple, what happened a couple years ago when uh, Peter Vermees gave. What's his nuts? His first ever MLS start. The seventeen-year-old and Miguel Ibarra just oh, I know tore his ass. Yeah. Uh, 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 literally a, a new second ass. asshole. He tore his ass. Yeah, he an tore additional his ass, ass. A second asshole. Yeah. Um, that is what we he had like a total recall. Yes. Three cheeks. Yes. Situation. Yeah. Like yeah. created a second, a third cheek, and then put an asshole in between the. Yes. It was. A, right. it, was a, it was a ridiculous situation. He hooked up. Um, you know intestines and stuff yeah like, like, fully like, functional yeah fully functional absolutely yeah which i mean you know maybe like you know depending on how like how much shit you have in your system like maybe it might be helpful if you you know have all that so really he did him a favor probably did him a favor this yeah. is not useful analysis no. but that's what's that, but that's, that's what could happen that's with the probably dude what like might Dan happen Leva. here yeah especially yeah. since we are catching again yeah, as you mentioned we're catching this team they they have two guys out because of red cards assuming that they're they're you know rolled on is not uh his isn't overturned um they have a lot of a lot of injuries, and it's we have an opportunity here to you know pick up another three points, which I think we're absolutely I think absolutely going to need. So if we do, so ima- imagine we pick up three points against Seattle, we've picked up three points against DC, and we had a scoreless draw against the the, the guy like Zlatan and company yeah. in LA. I'm not saying that we're going to be say I'm not saying we're going to play a home playoff game. I'm not saying that we're going to be world beaters, but we've shown that if we can get hot at the right time, say if we made the playoffs and we were hot at the right time, we can play with the best of them on the right day. And, and well, I mean, I would throw Toronto in there too. Like we we we, 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 we went on the road for 80 and we, minutes. And we went on the road and we but played for the them 10 minutes that we fucked up. Yeah. So I I think ab- we've had a tough stretch and we've looked um, comparatively, pretty yeah. good. We've looked it, competent. It only it's here's the, here's the weird thing. I was looking at the uh, the calendar the other day. It doesn't actually get any uh, any easier because we we go to Chicago. Chicago's actually been playing really well this year. Um, then I think we come yeah. back we come back for Columbus, who until stout defense very recently. I mean the last the last few games they've not looked great. And then we have Houston, who's also been um, haven't you know they've been amazing so far this year. Like this whole like you know late April to into May. It, end of may stretch is, is t- 
tough for us. And if we can get through this stretch and we can we can be sitting in the you know five or six slot, there's no right. reason I don't think that we can't contend for a um, for a home playoff game. And if we, if we don't have a home playoff game, I don't think. I mean, honestly, talk about Heath out. I think if we don't have a home playoff game, Heath out. Boom. I know we've we've talked about that last week. I, I, I honestly, I I personally think we're uh, between a five and a seven seed. I think that's about where we're at. I think we can certainly contend for a home playoff spot. Um, but that's a cool pl- position to be in. I'm excited to be thinking about playoff soccer and making plans and wondering how the fuck I'm going to pay for a playoff tifo. And you know, I'm I'm excited to be talking about that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And, and if we came up with a six seed, I would feel like okay, we're building on something. You know, I I I, w- I wouldn't walk away from the season disappointed that um we weren't hosting a, I mean I would love to host a playoff game it would be it would be a memory I would cherish forever sure. of course but if we didn't I'd still be excited about what we're building I feel like we're yeah. moving in the right direction we're starting to admit to mistakes and learn how to correct them and, and I'd get on with my life <laughs> well, yeah we'll see see how it goes uh, how so do we how, play them yeah how do we play them um, I don't know you know I think we talk, we've talked a little bit about sort of the formation stuff I, I think 4 3 3 is not how we should do it. I think we need to. I would love to see it the 4 2 3 1, the same four back line, Grey Goose and uh, um, Ozzy in that two. And then again, yeah, assuming Abara is fit, Finlay, Dunlady, Abara across the top. And I'm assuming that, that you know, we're not going to switch out Rodriguez for Rabara, especially after Rodriguez scored a goal. Uh, so see, he's see, he's, Rod- he's done other things Rodriguez well too. And, yeah. and to be fair, yes, yes. Like for the last, the last three games, he's actually played really well. He's doing he's doing what the stuff I kept saying that he could his, finally start to do. His is job he, is to do, yeah. and he's actually doing it as opposed to yeah. like not doing the things that he was supposed to be doing. So yeah. I mean, that's how I would like to see him line up. Um, you know, it really it kind of depends on you know, how Seattle, like who Seattle brings and, and they, they can, I mean, they're, they're barely having 18 players available. So, you know, where can we exploit, you know, exploit them? So, well, we already talked about um, Seattle's left side, uh, our right side being an opportunity. So yeah. like, I'd love to see continued attention on the right side. Um, is I'd that to, Dunlady or is that Finley? I'd love to see Finley. Yeah. Um, Dunlady could be a great super sub, I think, yes. because he's, he's a burst of speed, especially if you play him right. Yeah. If uh, you, you don't, he, he can't be dribbling around fucking dudes and he can't be taking a ball in with his back to goal or anything like that. Um, he, that's, that's not a strength. Um, if he can make a run into the box diagonally or something like that, I, I you know, uh, he gets to tap into that striker mentality that he has at the same time. He, he can use, um, some of his, I think relative speed He's got to select his moments for that. Um, but you know, super sub yeah. he comes on with fresh legs, a speed will kill. That's, uh, and that's part of the reason why I like, like Miller and a bar on the same side of the pitch too. Cause Miller is like much more of a stay at home defenseman. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get too far up, so Ibarra doesn't have to worry about helping to come back, come back and cover for him. That gives Ibarra the ability to sort of be more flexible, positionless, you know, as you've said, and and you know, take a ball at the sort of the at the halfway line and create something, mm-hmm. you know, run up the right hand side because he doesn't have to worry because he knows that he's got someone. He doesn't have Cavo busting up the left hand side, and he's not mm-hmm. he's not going to leave the entire you know the entire right hand side of of. Uh, you know of Seattle's uh, attack like, mm-hmm. undefended, like because Miller's not gonna Miller's not gonna do that. Miller's gonna come up a little bit, but he's gonna be much more, um, you know, focused on the defensive position as opposed to getting into the offense. Mm-hmm. So, which I would love to see Miller and Ibarra work together, much like like we've seen uh, Finlay and Metnir work together. Like, right. They have, clearly like they they have a good understanding of where and when they should be and, and all that. And I think you know ideally with you know a full week of practice. Miller and Ibarra could probably be there as well. I um so I I 
I so go back and forth on this because um, part of me wants to agree with that. Part of me does agree with that. The other part of me says that um, Seattle's relative strengths um, are going to come from their their central midfield, a guy like Nico Ladero, and having a guy like Rasmus Schuler, who doesn't play a true wing in that sense, but is more of a left-sided midfielder, guy who can break up plays and just cause chaos, might be the right ploy against uh, Seattle. Um, maybe against another team it's not. Maybe against another team you go straight up with Romario Ibarra, you take advantage of a winger, a uh, guy who can score goals himself as well. Uh, but I almost feel like you, you double down on Schuler, especially after the monster game he had last week. I feel like he didn't play himself off the pitch, and this is the right team to continue to uh, to put out the vibe he has. Um, but I, I think your thing is right. I, th- I think, can we both be right? Is that a thing? I think so. Uh, in fact, in fact, like I, I'm a big fan of the idea that substitutions uh, are not intended or optimal if they're like for like substitutions. It's yeah. not like I'm just playing FIFA. The guy who was playing this position got tired. I'm going to put another guy in to do exactly the same thing, but yeah. with fresher legs. I like the idea that you've got guys on the bench who your entire goal in bringing them is, is to change the complexion of your approach sure. because yeah. you've been battering at the wall perhaps yeah. for how long and it's not been successful. So if Schuler starts and if, Schu- if, if that's not doing the trick, and we need to play on the front foot. You put Romario Ibarra in, and they are trying to. It's the same as switching a pitcher against a, a, a righty versus a lefty, right? Yeah. You bring in a you bring in a, pin, a a new pitcher, and now they're like, "Well, fuck, that changes my well, whole very, vibe." I mean, a very real possibility too is that is that Quintero's not 100, percent and so you don't want him to go with the full 90. So maybe it is you know Molino uh, and Schuler mm-hmm. uh, and Finley, or Molino, Schuler, and Ibarra. Or a bar, you know, some 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 variation of that. That then you have, and then then you potentially have Quintero as someone who can come off the bench mm-hmm. for the last twenty minutes of the game to, to give right. you uh, a completely new look, or or vice versa. Like you know, like you know, Quintero knows he's going to go sixty minutes, and Ibarra or Molino is ready to like step in and, and be that crib. We haven't seen Molino um, in that that sort of ten role that we that that's where he was playing before he got hurt this so year at yeah. all. So there, there's you know there's it's we have a we have a plethora you know we keep saying like oh we have all these wings now we have this plethora of attacking talent but again it's like you know one person gets hurt and then everything sort of like completely changes so um that's the thing i i think that thinking tactically darwin's availability is the first domino that gets pushed over that knocks down a bunch of other dominoes from a um a strategic standpoint if uh, you know I don't think that Molino is 90 minutes fit, so I think that there could be a liability in starting him. I, I know we have, sure, and I, yeah. I don't know his fitness as well as Heath or uh, others. And do, he, but, only, he only went um, about 60 some minutes. The yeah, he's certainly not the, 90. Fit. LA, yeah. So you, do you do you do you plop him in as a, a number 10 or a pseudo number 10? Do you put Miguel Ibarra? How fit is Miguel Ibarra? And you know we've seen him play as a positionless uh, against pseudo number 10. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of options, but a lot of it's going to have to do with how fit Quintero is. Because sure. I don't, if he's fit, you don't not play him. Yeah, exactly. And try to play him with strength. Exactly. What do you got for a What do you got for a score here? Uh, I go back and forth on this one. I I think we win this game. I think we win this game two to one. That's exactly the score I really? had. It's the <laughs> the precise score. I just I I feel with the with the issues that Seattle has in terms of their the traveling team that they're going to have, uh, they're going to be a, a really young team. They're some of their better players, as you mentioned, are are hurt. 
I think, you know, we are clearly sticking with our defense, it sounds mm-hmm. like. I mean, and, you know, some crazy shit happens and Cobble gets a, a, a start at the, you know, at the weekend. Uh, I think our defense is great. I think our defense is, is, is solid and, and, and we allow Adrian to fiddle with the offense and get the offense back to where it needs to be. So, yeah, I think uh, I could easily see, you know, a 2 nothing. but I think, I think, you know, I think 2-1, I think we – don't keep that consecutive. We think it's 191 minutes right now. Uh, scoreless streak. I think that goes away. Um, but I think uh, I think we win this game two to one and close out this tiny sort of mini homestand with uh, seven of ten possible points or seven of sorry nine possible points. I, d- I think I would feel okay with that. Um, yeah, I, I would too. I think that'd be that'd be good. Yep. Uh, I, I I think two to one is the right score. I don't think that we're the shutout team just because we've had shutouts and certainly not against uh, even a even a half hot Seattle. You know, yeah. with some outages. I, I I just don't think that you say that. But um, is there anybody considering on- that we've never we've this was the first time we've ever had two consecutive shutouts? Like the fact that we're going to do three in a row would be would It'd be, be the stupid. It would be the stupidest <laughs> thing to predict ever. Yeah. But um. I do think that we'll get the win. And is there anybody on earth who doesn't think on any given Saturday or Sunday we don't have two goals in us from an offensive standpoint? Yeah. I mean, we – up until uh, like this – like Wednesday, I think we were like one of the hottest – like the high, highest scoring teams in the league, I believe. Um, we uh, – Pretty damn good. So we definitely know how to score goals. I mean, outside of like the LAFC, which has, shit, 26 goals scored already. Fuck. They're playing in a different yeah. category right now. Yeah, everybody um, else is an also. Real. Yeah, we're we're below in terms of the Western Conference. We're below Sporting Kansas City, which is allowed or they've scored nineteen. Uh, they've given up given up fifteen, but they also only have ten points. Um, MLS is weird this year. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to. You know what? Speaking of MLS then, being weird, why don't we should just about transition into our calls? Yeah, uh, but here. but honestly, we are the we are the third highest scoring uh, team. Uh, we're tied with Seattle, as a matter of fact. Uh, in terms of uh, highest scoring teams in in MLS, so Isn't I feel like we weird? have two goals in us, and I think we, Seattle only has one. We 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 claim number uh, we claim number three for ourselves this God weekend. Damn, I love it. Let's transition. All right. Picks or or it didn't happen. Yeah. So uh, Luke and I kind of predicted scores for last week, so we didn't really do it. Too yeah, well. you guys really fucking slough <laughs> off when I'm not around. You're we like, eh, who gives a shit yeah. about anything? Um, so NYC and FC in Orlando City uh, had a one-one draw. Uh, Portland beat Toronto on the road, two to one. Two road wins in a row for Portland. Um, are they figuring shit out? Well, it was inevitable that they were going to regress toward the mean and yeah. uh, uh, progress toward That'd the be mean. Terrible. Yeah, so they were always going to start yeah. doing better. They're um, one of the teams that's below us in the in the uh, in the standings right now. They, so for the last two games, they were bad, and they have they have a lot of home games coming up. So. Uh, FC Dallas zero, San Jose zero. San Jose holds FC Dallas to a no, yeah, no goals on the road. I don't know. Go figure that one out. Uh, Vancouver one, Philadelphia one. Atlanta United one, Colorado zero. One to nothing against Colorado. Colorado, the team that is projected to give up about 120 goals this year. It's yeah, it's it's you know I I love to see Atlanta get the loss obviously, but uh, putting putting one single goal up at home against them is that was their first shiny. first home win of the year. That, but for Atlanta, uh, first home well. win that that said, if you watch that game, um, Atlanta dominated possession. They game. did. Colorado didn't touch the fucking yeah, ball. Yeah, like so. Uh, the Red Bulls beat FC Cincinnati uh, one to nothing. Dynamo <sighs> two, Columbus zero. Dynamo are good. Dynamo and they were at good. home. Yeah, uh, four four. Sporting Kansas City, New England, 
eight goals down in Kansas City. What well, in the actual shit is happening well, down in New, Kansas City? New, New England had three goals in the first half. Yeah. It was three to nothing going into that going into halftime. There was a I saw a stat, New England. I saw a stat in like the last six games that Kansas City has given up something like twenty goals. Now again, ten of those were against Monterey in the uh, Concacaf Champions right, right. League. But that's but not sporting style. That's not sporting style at all. And, four, and, and certainly four, not to do it against four New, New England, England at, at home. home. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Montreal Impact won. Chicago zero. Montreal Impact are uh, secretly a pretty good fucking soccer Dude, team. I think they're tied for the lead in the East. <laughs> yeah, I know they're, they're actually really good. Uh, isn't it, isn't it, didn't they lose like seven to one earlier? They this did. Year? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Minnesota United won. DC United zero. Yeah, we got that one. Uh, one one as you mentioned the Seattle Sounders LAFC earlier, and then uh, LA- Seattle went down to nine men at one. point. They did. Yeah. Well, they yeah ten men and like the eighteenth minute and then right. nine men later in like the eighty eighth minute or something like that. Like yeah, towards and, towards the end of the game. Right. And then but, um by the way Christian Ramirez oh, missed a fucking missed, sitter from like three he, yards out. He, wa- yeah. he wandered it. <laughs> He wandered it. Yeah. yeah, not even three yards out. Like he was like, I think like a yard out. My boy. Yeah, he. he My boy. Yeah, he really. He's. But then also Seattle had two opportunities to win that game with nine men uh, late on. That they Brad Smith being one of them who just yeah shanked a How shanked can, a shot you don't have to think that mls is elite soccer on a world landscape but how can you not love it it's <laughs> like watching professional wrestling you don't think that professional wrestlers would go to the olympics and win the wrestling medal <laughs> obviously but, but how can you look away that's true brockland you know uh there's wrestlers who've done it i mean before they became professional wrestlers you're but. fucking you're marshing my mellow yeah finally uh finally la galaxy 2 rsl1 la galaxy uh Zlatan got into it with uh, the one of the RSL defenders, and, yeah. and uh, that. so that was fun. He tried to do that with uh, Minnesota, and like Ikepara and Brent Collins were having none of it. Yeah, so all right, let's talk about the upcoming games. We'll just do our picks really quick. Let's kill it. Uh, Philadelphia FC Cincinnati. I got Philadelphia winning two to one. One to one tie. Colorado Vancouver. This is gonna be the worst game of the weekend. It's zero zero. It will not be good, but uh, it will be a four to two win by <laughs> Vancouver. That sounds like a really fun game to watch for a neutral. Six six own goals. Yeah, six <laughs> own goals. Uh, Bread Bowl is hosting the LA Galaxy. I have LA Galaxy winning one to nothing. Bread Bowls are not good this year. Galaxy two to nothing. Uh, Orlando City versus Toronto FC. I think uh, Toronto is actually regressing. I have Orlando City actually winning this game two to one. I have one to one. These are teams that are in transition. I don't That's know right. where they're transitioning. Yeah, Texas Derby, Houston Dynamo versus FC Dallas. I have Houston winning this game. Uh, let's call it three, three, two. I got uh, Dynamo. They're at home, four to nothing. Okay, Dallas. Go. I'm not convinced by Dallas. Yeah. Tall. That's fair. Uh, Montreal Impact host NYCFC. As we mentioned, the Montreal Impact are uh, like. First place in the Eastern Conference. I have them beating NYCFC uh, two to nothing. Yeah, yeah, I've got two to nothing too. NYCFC is a, is a big sack of uh, maggot-filled diapers. <laughs> I only say maggot-filled. Have you had this happen? So we have a uh, we had a diaper bin when our kids were a diaper age, and it was like out in the garage, and because uh, we don't want the smelly ass diapers in the house, you know. And so we'd always put them out there when we're done. And uh, you know, we get flies sometimes in the uh, garage when we'd open it up and we'd play outside and stuff like that. And always flies got like in there because they love that smell. And then like one day, opened it up and just maggots everywhere. I know just you- a shitload of maggots eating our children's feces. Yeah, we use cloth diapers, so we don't oh, do that. You don't get that. Yeah, I'll get that. <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> Hosting the New England Revolution, uh, Philadelphia winning that game. Uh, I don't know. Let's call it three to two. 
I got the cream cheese winning one to nothing. New England will not repeat a four goal performance. Yeah. Uh, DC United host Columbus, a rematch from uh, the midweek game from last week. I have DC United winning that game one to nothing. I should have DC United winning, but I put down zero to zero and God That's damn probably it, I'm going to stick with it. Uh, we already mentioned Minnesota and Seattle. We've got two, one, two win, to one, two to one victories. Uh, RSL host Portland, uh, Portland. I think this is getting very near the end of their, uh, their road trip swing to start the year, but I have RSL, uh, being really pissed off after that LA Galaxy game and winning this one, uh, what's called one to two to one, twenty one to one, two to one. Uh, Portland one, RSL zero. Ah, three wins in the road on. Trust in a row. Trust the Savarese. All right, fair enough. Uh, San Jose hosts the Federal Communications Commission. I have San Jose. They're figuring it out, man. I have them winning three to one. Uh, two to two. This will. I don't know. This is gonna be a weird <laughs> game. I don't think FCC is ready for San Jose, but I think San Jose is not ready for anything. Yeah, I, don't, I don't understand that's it. Fair. That's fair. Um, LAFC hosts Chicago. I have a uh, – let's call this five to one. <laughs> I, have, I have LAFC <laughs> winning two to nothing, but it will be a sleepwalk. Yeah. It, it will not be close. Yeah. I think uh, Ramirez gets a brace in that one at least, minimum. <laughs> uh, he likes scoring against Chicago. Uh, Sporting Kansas City hosts Atlanta United. Uh, this is This is one – I struggled with this one because I want it should be the game of the week. I want to call, yeah, I want to call it like a like a one-one draw, but I just I don't I can't do that against Sporting Kansas City at home on a Sunday prime time, rainy yeah. day in Stoke. Yeah, three to one Sporting Kansas City. I have three three. I don't know. I don't wow. know. I don't know what's going on with these teams. That would be. That, I don't understand either of these two fucking. That teams. would be seven goals allowed in the last two weeks. Yeah, for Sporting Kansas City. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on with these. I know what's going on with Sporting's defense. I know that they're terrible without Roger Espinosa. I know they can't handle Graham Zussi getting cold. I know that when Beasler's out, they're they're that much shittier. I know that they miss Ike Opara in ways they didn't expect they would. Clearly, yeah. Um, I know that Tim Melia can't do what he does if he doesn't have a shield in front of him. I can tell you all kinds of things about Sporting's <laughs> defense. I'm surprised how much Roger Espinosa has to do with it. But yeah. um, let, a Patreon pod yeah. one day. Yeah, very, very, very much so. All right, hit these questions fast. We, can, we cannot use our usual amount of time because... Because we are already at nine hours on this podcast. Fair enough. Um, so BKGS for you, Minnesota United FC podcast out there. What is wrong with our corners and how can we improve them? It was embarrassing yesterday. Um, also, he asked, how were Opar and Kalman able to take Ibar and Rooney out of each game? So uh, what can we do about our corners? Okay, corners. First of all, we don't have a good aerial game. Okay, we just don't. So one thing that you can do then is if you have um, if you have outswinging corners, what you end up having to do is you have to get you have to win the aerial battle, and you have to have a guy who can put a strong head on it because you're basically trying to redirect all the ball's momentum toward the goal. It's a very active type of thing. If you have in swingers, all you need to do is put a light touch on it, and it will get take a deflection that the goalkeeper couldn't possibly react to. We don't win the aerial game, so what we need to do is we need to kick only in swingers and that means using different corner kickers depending on whether the right footed or left footed and which side the corner is on we need to take the in swingers and we need to hope more for deflections and chaos in the box than we do winning an aerial battle and thumping it in so <clears throat> to that sort of to your point greg so basically greg goose has taken most of our corners and it's not been great it's not been corners. great um now however like boxel has been in uh for most of the for the you know most of the first Seven games, Boxel, and and I think Coleman has a much better uh, aerial game than Boxel does. And Opara can get aerial. The problem is, is that they he have they haven't really. And we've in the two games where we had Coleman in as sort of the attacking center back, we've had shitty ass corners delivered into like the delivery. Yeah, the delivery's been terrible. So I, to the 
yes, but we need better delivery or we need to figure out how to, you know, I, you know, I say no short corners, maybe think about a short corner or two to pull the, to pull the, yeah, to pull the, um, to pull the defenders out to give us an opportunity for creating some chaos in the box. Mm-hmm. And then on the, on the defensive side, we're actually, and we're sh- like, we've been shit at defending quarters on the, on the defensive yeah, for, side for five years. Yeah. yeah. And you know, again, that goes back to, um, why just the way we're marking. And I don't even know how are we, are we man marking? Are we zonal marking? You can't hardly tell half the time. Cause it just, it looks like a, just a fucking yeah, we, chaos. There's, there's no cleverness it's there. A, it, yeah. It's a cluster. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, you know, having a, a, a true defensive identity when it comes to defending our corners as well would be immensely helpful. I mean, we don't have to necessarily score on every corner or score on a lot of corners. If we just don't let people score on corners, that's going to help us immensely. So mm-hmm. um, the second question, how were uh, how Opara and Kalman able to take uh, um, Ibrahimovic and Rooney out of the games? First of all, it wasn't specifically them that took them out of the games. I mean, they first of all they provided close cover. It was a combination it was, of a lot of players. That, that's the thing. What what they did a good job of, and what you have to do with guys who really succeed centrally like that, is you got to choke off their support. They're not getting yeah. balls. If you put balls in at their feet, they're going to do something successful with them. Yeah. What we did really well was keep that from happening often, and then make and then make the right moves when it when it did happen. I think Ozzy Alonso was a huge part of that. Yeah. Ozzy Alonso was was not letting the ball. Yeah, not letting the ball get to Ibarra and Rooney um, in positions where they could they could do damage. Right yep. when Ibarra and uh, or sorry when uh, Ibrahimovic and Rooney got the ball, especially Rooney, it was out it was out wide. Yeah, um, which you know he has again he has a great he has a great foot. He can he can put a ball in, but that's a much uh, higher risk proposition than and, and taking who's it on the other end of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, Rodrigo asks, uh, how much do we need an ISA watch? And baby Ragnar yeah, hashtag hashtag Isa watch and hashtag baby Ragnar. So this is a what the fuck does that even? Yeah. Mean? So Isa watch is uh, Rodrigo's uh, daughter. She watches the games and gives all the notes. If you okay. if you follow uh, R S C spoken word, I believe, uh, and the Twitter machines, um, he posts his daughter's notes. Like she takes like literally like uh, iPhone notes about the game. And how old is she? She I think eleven or twelve. Okay. She's. It, Way better than Heath. Like she's like, we need to hire this girl to be the coach of the team. Okay. And then Baby Ragnar just is that's the uh, Baby Ragnar is uh, undefeated, uh, showing up to Minnesota United soccer matches, both uh, uh, at Blackheart and at the uh, at Allianz Field. So, okay. just, so we, we need, need him. We, we need him. No, we need to not make either of those hashtags a thing because it'll fucking ruin it. <laughs> we need to. Everything is better as a sort of um, well kept secret. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, Josh Eha asks, "Do you give Heath any credit, or was it just Calvo's card and pressure from the fans?" Similarly, did Heath finally buckle to the pressure of your weekly Heath rant? Well, first of all, Heath Heath um, is more aware of the media than I think I would like him to even be because he talks about it. You know, so I don't think that means us, but he clearly is aware of of the media in general. Um, and he's never ever made decisions based on what the media has had to say before. No. So I don't think there's any piece of it that has anything to do with media pressure or fan pressure. I think he's made wildly unpopular <laughs> decisions. So yes. pressure means nothing. So I mean, I, I think, but to the credit of that, I think he is he's beholden to the pressure he created himself by saying when he said that stupid fucking thing, like you play yourself out of the eleven. Yeah. Right, like, he needed to stand so, up to it. So he would, you know, if he had, if he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't mm-hmm. behold, if he's not beholden to that, then he's a fucking mm-hmm. hypocrite. And the credit, and the credit, Keith is to, doing to to his credit. Like the guy is, the guy is tries not to be a hypocrite. Like he's an asshole. 
you know, whatever. That's fine. I guess there's a lot. A lot of coaches are assholes, but he has not been a hypocrite. I don't think historically he's not been a hypocrite. I yes. I, I, th- I think that fair. he has. I think he has different um, standards for some than others. Um, but fair. the the good news is in the last two weeks he hasn't because he he didn't have to sit Calvo out entirely this last game. He chose to, and it was the right decision. Yeah, he didn't have to sit box all two consecutive games. Um, he could have made the same old excuses. Yeah, um, but he did, and we were better for it. So um, the again. All the good and all the bad goes in the same bucket, and he gets a sliver of credit because he did pull the right strings on choosing. No, you've played yourself out of the line. He, uh, lineup. Yeah. He stood to it. So the question is, so and clearly, I mean, obviously, Gregus got a straight red card. Gregus was back in the lineup as soon as he was able to. Cabo, clearly, it was it was the combination of the boneheadedness of getting the first yellow card and the boneheadedness of getting the second yellow card that that caused Heath to maybe be like, maybe you aren't fit to be playing right now maybe mm-hmm. you need to take some time away well, to say nothing about his performance itself well yes we, not, yeah not, notwithstanding the performance uh clearly i think it was um i mean that for it was you know and then yeah give him credit for for pulling boxall like he has not boxall has had particularly bad games in the last you know year and a half and he has not pulled boxall because of that yeah yep it's only been be, you know because some that's so, my. That's when I say everything goes in, good yeah. and bad. So yeah, he's done that. He too. gets a little bit. He gets a little bit in the in the good bucket for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it was partially Cabo's card, and the in the way that he it was ac- a catalyst. Yeah, we almost needed that clusterfuck just to be the catalyst to take some of these issues seriously. In the way that they that he accrued those cards too, specifically. I right. Think. It wasn't like a moment of passion. Yes. And then he, afterwards, he's like, "Dang it, I knew I could have yeah. done better." You know? No, it was like, "Huh, huh, huh." Yeah. I'm fucking emotional wreck. And he he walked straight off the field. So yeah, he, anyway, yeah, he yeah. didn't he didn't jog. He didn't look upset about it. He knew what he did. He did it on yeah. purpose. And he had a fucking swagger to him. So fuck that man. It ties into our next question. Yes, yeah, at Super Nintendo C3 asked. Uh, is everything that's ever gone wrong with this team Cavill's fault? Fault. Uh, n- short answer: No. Long answer: Yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, Cavill has been has been one of the constants. In I mean, we talked about me and Luke talked about this last week about how um, we mer- we're making the same. Stu- and, and we, me and you, talked about it uh, last Monday about the same stupid fucking mental mistakes. And it's a lot of different pieces, but the same mental mistakes are happening. And what are the constants on the, those mental mistakes? It's yeah. Boxel, it's Calvo, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the, those are the two main people, the two main pieces that are making the same mental mistakes, yeah. um, you know, common to a certain extent, but I think that is a part of the, you know, Boxel and Calvo. So, so yes. <laughs> One of the most shocking scenes that I've ever seen in my life, and I will never forget it. I was in 10th grade at the time, um, so I was old enough to understand it, young enough to kind of be terrified by it, was um, on 9-11 uh, when the towers hit. Obviously, the f- the, the towers You're are in 10th blazing. Grade. I was in 10th grade then, yeah. The towers are blazing, and, and the worst thing was the pe- – there's a lot of bad things. The people jumping to their own deaths uh, – committing suicide because they were trapped there's no way out and they're surrounded by lord knows what um and when i discovered that francisco calvo was actually pushing those people off (laughs) it was one of the grimmest realizations of my entire life (laughs) all right 
Uh, Zoe Peterson asked, do you think Covo's out or at least, or at least not captain anymore? Well, he's been out for, well, he clearly was out the yeah. last game. Yeah. So, so if he, if he's the, so if, here's, so if he ever wears that here's, armband here's the again, question. it's a huge problem. Yeah. 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 So we have to, we have, we literally have to storm the, storm the field and crucify Adrian Heath if we, if he does that. Now the question is, is that we have, I think about seven games before the gold cup starts probably. Trying to think one, uh, two, three, four. I don't know. We're maybe, maybe six. How many games do you think Calvo sees not maybe starts but how many games does he get into between now and the gold cup starting so the gold cup i think will starts i think mexico plays june 15 i think costa rica plays june mm-hmm. 16th so my guess is that he will be out probably a week beforehand so june 7th so there's probably f- six games between now and the gold cup starting i guess we could pull up the, the calendar and actually look it up if it doesn't want. matter um, um so how many games do you think he starts um I, I, the only or how one... many sorry not even starts appears in I'm glad that you thought we didn't have enough questions and you wanted to extend this podcast yeah. even longer. I the only thing I'll say is it's not zero. I think it's a non-zero number. I don't I don't think he never plays for us again. A lot of people are saying he's not going to see any time. They're going to set it's a it's a, a Vadim Demidov situation where they're just he's just going to sit and he's going to collect a paycheck and he's going to. So we have tell us whether it's one game or two games. Tell us the numbers. We have David. eight games, including the Hertha Berlin friendly. Before I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if it's four games or eighteen. Well, games. Well, how many? How many? How will, many games do you fucking think he's, he that he plays? The only in? thing. The only thing I'll say is that is not zero. Okay, that's, and I, that's, I, not, I, a, that's I, not a fucking answer. Four. Okay, and I think I I don't know if it's going to be due to injury. I don't know if it's going to be due to um, peculiarities of the lineup where we have to play with a five man back and we just feel like that's the right move. Um, I'll just throw out a number. I think four sounds about right. Actually, <laughs> I think. I mean, I think. Yeah. I think he definitely plays in the Hertha Berlin. It's game. not zero. No, it's, not, it's definitely not zero. I think he definitely plays in the Hertha Berlin game. Um, I could, I think he starts maybe two games between now and and Gold Cup, and then um, basically once Gold Cup you know wraps up, uh, there's we have one game and then so two games and then the uh, the transfer window opens for the summer. And I think uh, I will. I'm like ninety nine percent sure that this team is scouting left backs. So we're scouting someone to replace Francisco Calvo and as soon as so. we as soon as we have someone secured, yeah. then we'll I think we'll see Francisco Calvo not play in Minnesota anymore. So I would I'd say I put the over under on games that he plays in a Minnesota United uniform. Three and a half. Uh I would put it at like five. Just because I really? think he'll play a couple games after he gets back from maybe one or two games after he gets back from Gold Cup stuff. Um but I don't I think he's gone before the trade, the you know, summer windows uh, over. So okay, um, I love Wes's question. Yes, this is a good one. Yeah, what's the big? What's the biggest thing you've been wrong about this season? I'm gonna break this into two categories. First of all, MLS in general, because the easiest one for sure. me to say there is Atlanta. Yeah, I yeah. thought Atlanta would would run away with the fucking league. I didn't think it would even be in competition. Um, and they've been total feces. garbage. Yeah. Um, if if we're talking about Minnesota specifically. I think that the thing I've been the most wrong about has been um, probably Metanier. I didn't, I didn't think Metanier would be half as good as he's been. Um, I, I was I, I was leaning towards Metanier, I but I mean I guess maybe maybe it was not uh, maybe not something I said on the podcast, but like just the fact that Adrian Heath would actually bench players that that he loves like Boxall and Cabo yeah. like clearly you know figured out that that is not the that is not the the case right now like he actually clearly maybe cares about his job mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know so but yeah I would I would agree with you on Atlanta like that that's a that was a yeah there's a, I mean yeah. you know Portland's a surprise there's NYCFC's a surprise there's surprises I mean, I out there but I expected Portland to struggle 
playing with all the road all games. the road games at the start of the season. But Atlanta had no reason to be yeah. as poor as they'd been, no. other than Frank DePoor. Yeah. Um, what's what, what's <laughs> so, next? J- uh, so Jake. Jake. So Jake Chalcroft asks, uh, if you two bought a bar, me, that being me and you, what me would it you. be called? Um, um, it would be called uh, uh, Cheers. <laughs> McGillicuddy's. McGillicuddy's. It's be called McGillicuddy's. No, it'd be called McGillicuddy's. Yeah, yeah that's, come on, Jake. That's a that's a dumb question. Uh, Bridget McDowell asks thoughts on the Fitzgerald's uh, Fitz rebrand. Are they rebranding? I, yeah, apparently. Putting on the Fitz. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I don't it's care about this. Whatever. Stuff. They're they're closed on Tuesdays. That's why we're not recording there right now. <laughs> fuck you, Fitzgerald's. Um, they just call the bar closed on Tuesdays. Yeah. Closed on Tuesdays. Actually, that's not a bad name for a bar. Closed on Tuesdays. Tuesdays closed at the Fitz. <laughs> uh, all right. Andy asks, I've uh, been thinking about sausage. How do you like your sausage? Uh, in a bun, slathered in mustards, onions, raw, or cooked? How do you like your sausage? When I hear sausage, I always think of breakfast sausage. Like By default, when I just hear the word sausage, no other modifiers, no other context, I think of breakfast sausage. Do you like your, you, do you like, but do you like links or do you like patties? links if we're talking about breakfast sausage but all those other questions are irrelevant then because why would i put fucking mustard on my breakfast sausage so if we're talking about onions on it if we're talking about sausage like i think of the next closest sausage i would think of is like an italian sausage and that that for me that's a bun it's it's like a hot dog with a spicy flavor to it yeah and then i would do the same thing i'd probably put some onions on there um no mustard mustard if if some if mustard is on something then that thing tastes like mustard it no longer tastes like the thing it tastes like it just tastes like the mustard and if you love mustard and you just consider hot dogs to be plates that you can eat <laughs> then that's great but if you love hot dogs then you shouldn't put mustard on it because that's all you'll taste all right uh so i love mustard <laughs> then I, I i bet you love the edible plates they come I, on. I i i make my own mustard so I mean, I mean, I mean, I need to make you some Excellent. mustard, but uh, you've been meaning to make me. Uh, no, some I, no, mustard. I may need, I may need to make. Oh, you I thought mustard. you said no, I've no, been no. meaning. I've been thinking about this no, a lot. No, no, God no, no, damn, no. I haven't no. made him mustard. No, 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 in a long I, time. I need, I may need to make you some mustard. Um, and that's great. Mustard is, is mustard is a is a is a fabulous condiment. It's probably the best condiment. I didn't say I hated mustard. I said that whatever you put mustard on now just tastes like mustard. It's, that's, that's it. Not hundred percent. That's not true at all. Uh, anyways, uh, Jake. So I would actually say that there is a. This is a thing that I found in Wisconsin that they will uh, they will make cheeseburgers and then put a sausage patty on top of the cheeseburger. Well, thank God. That is amazing. That's that is the best sausage that delivery is system. Stunt food. <laughs> that's just that's, that's the best sausage delivery system. Like a cheeseburger sausage delivery system with yeah sausage on top. What of the is a cheese? What is a cheeseburger other than just a pill with some sausage <laughs> in it? Uh, all right, uh, Dan Scarab has a bunch of questions. We're gonna rapid fire through these really fast. Go. Our defense was good the last two games. Does Caldwell still have a spot on this team? No, not not permanently. Did Roldan deserve the red card? Yes. What went through yes. Ramirez's head when he missed that goal? I wish I still played for Minnesota. <laughs> Who has the best pizza in the Twin Cities? Jesus, not here's my only opinion. Not Pizza Lucha. That's fair. Pizza Lucha is way overrated. Pizza Nia. Uh, what recording equipment do you use? <laughs> uh, Behringer uh, microphones and a Behringer. Uh, it's all mixer. it's all Behringer. Yeah, Behringer. Yeah, these so. are these are cardioid microphones. And then we got some we got some super awesome pop filters. Uh, yeah, not Behringer pop filters. They're whatever. Not Behringer, but they're fucking pop filters. Pop filters. Yeah. Uh, and then Mike Dineen asks, why does Alexi Law still have a job? 
Well, be, uh, be, because yeah, yeah, just like any, you can't look away. I, he's like a soccer any, legend. Le, he's a soccer legend. He's a U.S. And, soccer and legend. All props to him and what he's able to do on the field. And even though I disagree with him politically 90% of the time, and even though I find him just to be a vapid fucking excuse for a person, I, 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 you can't look away. He is a good personality for television and podcast radio. Yeah, he absolutely has been. And he, you know, say what you want. He's been a, he's been an advocate for the game. Um, you know, whether you agree with him 100% of the time on his, his particular opinions, he's been an advocate for the women's game uh, yes, and pushing the women's game forward, yeah. um, especially on their uh, pay issues and things like that. He's mm-hmm. been a, a huge advocate for them. I also so, think he's a big dickhead. He can be. He yeah. very much can be, yeah. But he's also like, have you met the guy? Like, he's a, he's also, like, in person, a super nice guy. I, I bet 99 I bet if you met fucking Rush Limbaugh in person, you could probably have an amicable chat if you wanted I to. I sincerely like, doubt that. I've, but, uh, I've actually, I've literally met Alexi Laos. Uh, for the Two years ago, he came down he came to Lake Monster before the for the after for the before uh, the pre-match party with us all the people from the cauldron at Lake Monster mm-hmm. here in St. Paul and I chatted with him for like 15 minutes it was a, he was a very nice guy um, answer any questions like took pictures of every single person and and literally like people would come up to him and, and like were like, kind of dicks to him about you know opinions of his or whatever right. and he he was he was, he was nothing but a gentleman. Good sport about it. Nothing yeah. but a good sport. Like saying, yeah. you know, you know, this that's your opinion. That's my, See, I, that's, I have my opinion. That's and the thing is like when you step in front of a microphone, when you step in front of a camera, it's always performative. I mean, mm-hmm. even this podcast, which is extremely us and it's small and it's all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I'm not the same person when I hit the stop button <laughs> as I am talking. I don't make Calvo 911 jokes at work. <laughs> no, that's, that's right. Like, yeah. So I, mean, I do, but that's, that's, that's right. Me, you so. have a different job. Yeah, right? I do. Uh, it's you know it's always performative and Alexi Lawless uh, as a person is different than Alexi Lawless as a performer yeah uh, and, and so when you take to Twitter and tell him he should kill himself you should probably remember that so anyways that's it man uh, this is a long podcast but we covered a lot of good stuff <laughs> stupid cat um, trying to get into that let me can I do your usual thing here let yeah. me see if I can figure it out visit us on the internet at www.davesiknow.com no definite article email us questions at the daves i know mn at gmail.com there is don't, a definite article yeah don't email us there because i don't really check don't that one. don't it's not don't email it if it's urgent uh if it's urgent go to at t-d-i-k-m-n on yep. twitter which is where we uh block people who have uh, different political beliefs than we do <laughs> uh zeller you are at texas zeller that's correct. because you're a native texan yes that is not 100%. That's not, 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 not it's, it's like 80% all, but, true. And you, uh, you need to request to follow me because I have my, my shit locked down. He's locked down. So I'm trying to. I don't know why we still pitch you as yeah. a, because you're locked down. Well, you, you can you can request to follow me. I, I, I just I need to get a I need to get a, a full time job and I want to keep that. I, I'm not terribly. You don't uh, want them to see correct. what you're. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I don't want to see people would actually. How I actually think. I have a full time job, <laughs> and so you, uh, yeah. I, I I dance with the devil every day on my Twitter account. You, you follow do. me at offensive loons. Uh, wonderful podcast. If you're still listening, Thank uh, God. it's probably you and one other person. <laughs> We're the Daves. You know, this has been the Daves. I know. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Yeah, we, we, we.
do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, uh, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do